0: Welcome back to Just Jay Z, a place where we talk all things hair, business, pop culture, lifestyle, and more. Here's Jesse to welcome you into this episode.
1: What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Just Jay Z. It's Jesse. And Christina. And Tim. Michelle. Or
2: Michelle, yeah.
1: He's like, what's my name? (laughs) Depends on what you're doing. Your name changes. Um, So today we are going to be doing a fun little money with Michelle episode. Fun fact, I have gotten multiple messages of people saying, you should just turn this into a Michelle podcast instead of... (laughs) Oh. Like uh, that's on his list. They're like, you should just evolve the podcast into Money with Michelle. <laughs> I was like,
0: perfect. How do you feel about that? Uh, do You want to be a co-host?
2: I'm. A, I'm. I'm not like into the limelight type stuff. So probably not a good.
0: <laughs> He's day. like, I'm the
1: hired help. That's it. <laughs> I'm the hired help. That's right. Um, okay, so we're gonna start with peaks and pits, and then we're gonna dive into a juicy Q and A for Money with Michelle. A- Let's talk peaks and pits. Peaks and pigs. All right. Um, I feel like it's been forever since we've done this because we were like we batched a few episodes. So we were ahead. And so I feel like I have like I don't even know what my last peak in Pitt was. It was probably weeks ago. But I'm going to say my peak for this week really happened a week or two ago. But I was on The Bachelor Live.
0: Yes. On stage. She won the heart of James. Well, Literally. I got runner up. Well, but no. he followed me
1: on Instagram after. So. Sorry, Jordan.
0: <laughs> and he gave her two hugs at the very beginning when he met her and he yeah. only did that. Oh, I didn't her. know that, really? Oh yeah. I was I saw the body language and I was like <laughs> Hopefully he knows that she's married.
2: Did you go to it?
1: Yeah. Oh, she was in the audience. Okay. So we had bought tickets for this event and Alexa was supposed to go and she couldn't find a babysitter. So Christina took her ticket and we were just going to go. And then we get there and I had known you could like be on the show, but I didn't know what it entailed. And there was like a, a thing in the lobby and it was like, do you want to be on the show tonight? And I was like, sure. So I just like went up and applied and they give you like a casting number and they ask you questions. And then, um, I saw her like she was asking me questions and I was like answering. She was writing them down. I I saw her put like a star next to my name. So I was like, Oh, I
0: didn't hear that. I didn't. I don't (laughs) think I told
1: you that. So I was like, I think I made it. They gave me a number and then they did like the first round of eliminations and then I made it. And I was with like a bunch of other girls. We go get a COVID test in the back and then like Becca and Thomas just randomly like walk in all casual and everyone was like freaking out and I was like, This is like so weird. But they were all drunk. Like all the other girls were so drunk and so I was sober. And I was like, this is so weird. Like it was just weird, but it was really fun. And then we like do the whole thing and you can watch on my YouTube channel. We'll link that um, video in the show notes, but it was really fun. So I got to meet, now I've met how many people from The Bachelor, like six or seven, which is pretty yeah. cool. done some hair my guess is
2: your pit is you lost you didn't I got runner-up
1: but yeah that that will be my pit I did get runner-up but the girl who won I wanted her to win like I was rooting for her so her name was Emily and she was freaking hilarious Mm -hmm. so funny and she's an esthetician and she was like I know who you are and so like we like kind of like she's like I live in Orem and so like she was really cute so I made a friend so it was
0: actually really cool okay and James followed me so it was worth it (laughs) So yeah. Um, okay, my peak would probably have to be that we're going to Orlando tomorrow. I'm so excited to get out and get some warm weather, go to Disney World. It'll be a lot of fun. It's gonna be way fun. Yeah. Um, my pit is that I lost my passport. Michelle just (laughs) pure panic. Yeah. And I literally for the last couple days was like, How the hell am I gonna go to Mexico? How the hell am I gonna go to Orlando? And I was looking up flights last night. I tore apart my whole entire house looking for it. And I found it this morning. Thank God. So when Jesse and I went to Scottsdale, I've been using my passport to travel and stuff like that. And we broke my duffel bag. And so we bought a new bag. And for some reason, when I was unpacking or putting stuff away, I must have put it in the bag. There's no reasoning why I would have put it in the bag. It literally fell out of the bag when I was packing for Orlando today, for Ford. Insane. Wow.
1: Yeah, and so, she doesn't have a driver's license with her current name, so she wouldn't. No, have been No, no, I go do.
0: Oh. I do. But the problem is, is like my TSA pre, my oh. passport, everything is linked under my maiden name, and so, so the ticket was under the name of the my
2: passport. This sounds like uh, Jesse moved. It does. it does. I'm rubbing
0: off on you. But I was going to get it done, but then I was like, I don't want to risk. The whole Mexico not working out and things like that and not getting it in time. So I was like, right after Mexico, I already have all the paperwork done. I just have to go and do it. So well, I found I'm my glad passport. I found
2: it. I'm going. This is all Jessica gotten written all over. I know. <laughs> and I
0: did not sleep last night because of it. So we're yeah, good. So sad. I texted her and I was like, is it in your car by chance? Because we drove yeah, her car. I, and I, I looked and I
1: looked in my closet, everyone. I was like, I don't know where it is. I yeah. was freaking out too. So that's my pit. Okay, Michelle, you're up.
2: Yeah. Um, So my peak, and this this is probably nothing that anybody would really understand or care about, but I've been trying to improve the stylist map out on our website. Find a certified stylist. And it's actually been quite a bit of work, and I've had some technical difficulties. But I figured out the technical <gasps> difficulties. This is like Yay. the whole
1: hats and everything. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, it it's what, cool. It, yeah, so it, it should be good. I don't have it all done yet. It's probably it's probably going to end up after being in Mexico because I've just got so much on yeah. my plate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got past that. That was that was fun. And um, and then my pit. And not that you guys, I can even tell you guys about this, but I haven't been sleeping well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
2: and, and you guys are victory all these stuff. Well, at least we
1: have a reason. It's yeah, kids. What's yeah. your reason? Just uh, distress life?
2: Life. Yeah. You know, gets in the I way. So have you like, tried
0: melatonin or anything? I, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh. I, I have and it's like um, yeah, just
0: You know your wife has a pill that she could get <laughs> Yeah. She, she Michelle brought it could up be. And I'm
2: like, I'm not touching those. <laughs>
0: Michelle's like I am not a drug addict. <laughs> you may sleep like a baby though. It might be worth it. That's so funny. They had some you know,
1: nighttime tea recommended to me. Uh,
2: oh yeah, and I actually,
1: I might need to bring. I'll bring you some tomorrow. It it actually has helped.
2: Yeah. So, do you like tea? Mm-hmm. I'm a I have coffee tea. guy, not tea guy.
1: I do coffee in the morning, and I do tea every night. It's my favorite.
2: And I try tea, and I'm always like, oh, I wish I liked this more. Yeah. And it's like I- the
0: Aveda tea is.
2: The best. Yes! Amazing. Um, I need. I probably should try other other op- options. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Dang. Well, camping is always guys, an option. You guys have
2: already talked well, about it. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to.
1: Yeah, but I kept reasons. you up for how many years of your life. So it's just payback.
0: <laughs> so true. I'm just going to bring Ford over to your house. If yeah. you're not sleeping, mine as well. <laughs>
1: well, Sarah offered to just take Ford anytime. So just, she literally yeah. is like, anytime. I'm like, just give him to her. <laughs> yeah. She'll
0: take him. I know. I was like, so she, she's going to stay and go and to Disney
2: know World. the difference.
0: No.
1: Yeah. 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 So she has to room with Christina the last night in Florida. Uh-huh. And so she, she's like, I have four. And she's like, great. I'm like, Christina, you're going to get great sleep that night. I know. I was
0: like, "Can I might actually get my own room yeah,
1: so I can sleep. Yeah. Um, okay. So we did a little Q and a for Michelle on Instagram and he got some questions. He got quite a few questions. So I sent them over to him and he has prepared some answers. So I will ask you the question and then you tell me the answer. So this one we kind of talked about, but you could evolve the podcast into just money with Michelle. And your response is?
2: Well, but there's one up above that.
1: Oh, I thought that was the title of the page. Sorry. Okay. Scratch that. First (laughs) question is, why is it called money with Michelle?
2: Well, that's a really good question. It's It's been many years in coming. And I guess I'll just quickly go over the way it works. I grew up as Tim. My family calls me Tim. No one calls me anything but Tim. But
1: explain your name.
2: Oh yeah, my name my name is Michael Timothy Draper, mm-hmm. and and the, my my first name Michael is the French spelling spelling M I C H E L.
1: So if you've watched Gilmore Girls, there's a character named Michel. and so that's what it
2: is. And he's yeah. French. So over in France, they call Michael Michel. Yep. And so we're so we we went to some family get together, and my brother told. My niece, who was the oldest oldest niece at the time, that story. And then all of a sudden she called me Michelle. And then all my kids called me Michelle. And then all their friends started calling me Michelle. And it has stuck. And so now I have many names Tim, Money, or uh, Michelle. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Daddy Styles, Tesla Tim.
1: Yeah, I Tesla Tim. I know. That's what. Um, so we, for his birthday last year, I guess this is over a like almost a year later um we were like when you get your tesla we're going to get you a custom license plate which we still need to order and i think we wanted to put tesla oh, tim on it that. yeah well i was waiting till you got your car and then life happened but we should mm-hmm. i think tesla tim cuz so didn't you name your car that
2: uh well it says daddy styles on oh, it oh it does or yeah. we could do daddy no, styles no i think you should do like
0: m w m with like with a the dollar sign. sign oh
1: we should see if that that would be funny <laughs> money like much better so yeah michelle is just a nickname
0: that stuck I haven't called you. I don't call you, Michelle. Though. Thank you. It's because you respect him.
2: I like. <laughs> I, I like. Uh, I like. It's him. hard. Yeah. But but now, from what I've been told, is I don't answer to it anymore. Yeah, you don't. You
0: don't. You don't. It takes a couple tims, but yeah, Or
2: yeah.
1: he'll sign his emails Timmy. Sometimes <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, like blah blah blah, all high level. Best, comma Timmy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this is funny. But yeah, so that's why we named it Money with Michelle.
2: Yes, and uh, it has stuck. And, you know, I guess I answer to it now. Yeah. And
1: I changed his Instagram name to that too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um okay so second question wasn't really a question but it said you should just evolve the podcast into money with michelle those are my favorite episodes anyway
2: <laughs> and all i responded is ha 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 ha
1: in all caps <laughs> it's not a bad idea though when we did the facebook group and we were like what's your favorite episode money with michelle won by a landslide yeah we
0: definitely need to do more yeah i do really like those
1: and our blonding and business class you'll be talking yeah. about that so if you want to see it in person and ask questions that's a great way to do it um let me see your paper all right. Question number three: Is it smart to open an IRA or a four hundred and one k?
2: Good questions. This is where I like to get into uh, things because I, I, and I've mentioned this before. My mom says that I was born with a nickel in my hand. <laughs> I, I like, I like, I wouldn't say I like money. I like saving money, mm-hmm. and I guess it's that security that comes with it. So this is an IRA, Roth, a four hundred and one k. And basically it's the ultimate security because what you're doing is you're preparing for later in life, when you're of that age that you don't expect ever to come. Yeah. Um, where you're gonna be um having to lift off your savings instead of income. Yeah. And and that's that's basically what an IRA and a four oh one K is. Um basically what it is is you can um Open either one of them if you're a business owner. So I'll just quickly go over the difference on them. First, it's a way that you can save money for later in life. And the things you've got on your side are time because you need time for that money to compound. And then just some ideas. Don't touch it once you put it in there. Um, because if as soon as you touch it, it's never going to be, it's never going to compound and grow like you expected. Yeah. Um, you put it into low-cost index funds instead of like uh, stock markets. As you learn more, you can probably invest in individual stocks, but that's a lot of effort and a lot of work, and it's not as simple as just going out and saying, "Oh, I bought an Apple product, so I know about Apple." No, you got to dig in. You got to mm-hmm. understand, as Warren Buffett says, "You got to you got to buy it as if you're buying if you're buying the whole business." So you need to understand everything about that business. And that's hard. So if you have many businesses, it's hard to keep up on these businesses. So low cost is a great way to just buy into what the economy overall is doing. If you believe that the U.S. economy is going to continue to grow, it's not right now. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it has cycles up and down, but over time it grows. And that's what low index uh, mutual funds do. Um, and then you contribute as much as you can. So let's just quickly talk about the differences between an IRA and a 401k. Um, my guess is when they say 401k, they're talking about a sol- solo 401k. Um, I, I bring that up because as I worked for Corporate America for many years, they provided access for me as an employee to put into a 401k, mm-hmm. and I could do that. But based on our target audience, I believe they're talking about what's called a solo 401k, which means as as a business owner with an EIN, um, a federal EIN LLC, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, you can have a 401k that's solo, but you can't have any employees, and um, you can only employ your spouse. So that was one of the mm. exceptions. Oh wow! Uh, and you can put in a lot of money, like up to nineteen thousand five hundred for this this uh, this upcoming year. I believe that was twenty twenty two. That may have been twenty twenty one. So each um, year you yeah. can do that amount. Yeah, you can, and that that's quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Uh, so so that's really for self employed. Then what we have, well, it, within that, you can do, you know, a a Roth four hundred one k or just a standard four hundred one k. And I'll, I'll I'll bring that up because I'll just quickly go over a Roth IRA or a F- IRA. There's two types. There's traditional. There's Roth IRA. I have talked about this before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We could maybe link that podcast. But basically, the maximum that you can put in if you're under 50 is, is $6,000. And, and it's a great way. There's no restrictions. Um, you can do a, a traditional IRA, and that basically means that it, it goes it, you put that money in, and then if you'd made 10000 during the year, you put 6000 in. You can say, I only made $4,000 4, because you kind of write off that 6000 So it reduces your taxable income. A Roth IRA means you get taxed on it but it grows tax-free and you can take it out tax-free. Mm-hmm. The younger you are, the more I would recommend the Roth IRA. Mm, okay. So so that's the difference. You can do that. Um, I would say a four hundred one solo 401k does take a little more energy. I would just say, get going and get going today. And if you would open up an IRA, just do it. God. And then over time, if you want to do a 401k, go for it. But either option's great, uh, especially if you're young. My guess is you won't even manage. You, you may not even max out the 6,000. Oh, wow. So it's just getting it out there. As soon as you go over that 6,000, maybe a 401k is right for you. Yeah.
1: Okay. I want to point out that Roth IRA is spelled R O T H I R A. One time you talked about this on the podcast and someone messaged and said, I have been Googling for hours what a Raw Fire A is. And <laughs> Raw Fire. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was like, that sounds like something I would say. So for anyone listening, it's Roth. IRA because I would make the same mistake.
2: Yeah. And I got to keep remembering that to spell it.
1: No, I, I think it's just like when you hear yeah. something, yeah, yeah, it's hard. Okay. What are the most affordable options for insurance for a self-employed stylist? Uh,
2: good good question. Insurance is a big deal. Um, basically, it provides protection for you as a business owner. I, th- I think the first thing that I would throw out there is shop around. Um, and- when i say shop around it may be a good idea to do this yearly where you're going around if if you're a booth renter or you know you're you're uh, kind of your own boss but you're you you don't have any employees you've just got your own little your little uh, mm-hmm. station you probably could get away with just professional liability insurance and and this is just for service mistakes yeah uh, if someone you do something and they come back after you for a service mistake and from what i've what i've what i've heard is for stylists at our salon it's between two and three hundred dollars a year so it's Whoa, not it's I not
0: going to say a month
2: no it's yeah it's, it's, not, t- it's pretty cheap no, you yeah. can yeah, add that, it on that's affordable yeah for sure one thing i do is i want to step back and state a, a, a big point here i'm 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 doing broad strokes when i'm talking about this because every person that's mm-hmm. listening to this has a unique situation that i can't understand I don't know. I can't talk to you to understand it. So I'm doing broad strokes here on, Mm -hmm. in general, this Mm -hmm. is what we have learned. Having said that, there are professionals out there, accountants, lawyers, that it may not be a bad idea to talk to them. Because if you make a mistake uh, in doing this, or insurance agents, um, it's always best to talk to a professional that does it. For sure. Um, So- just keep that in mind. If you have family members that can give it to you for nothing, hey, that's even that's even better.
1: <laughs> money with Michelle loves saving money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's true. Um, I would also say if you're a salon owner, there's different type of insurance that comes up. Um, one is called general liability insurance. And and I would, once again, shop around for that. That basically covers if someone comes into your, your store, falls, and gets hurt, and they Take legal action. Yeah. That's where general liability insurance comes. Or if um, there's property damage, if you, for any reason, send people out to different locations and they hurt someone else's property, that's where property damage. That's yeah. where the general liability insurance comes in. Also, if you own your own building, commercial property insurance, which protects against fire, um, water damage, storms, those type of things.
0: Yeah.
2: Keep in mind, insurance is is a uh, Two-edged sword, meaning if you have it, um, do everything in your power not to make a claim, because what will happen is your insurance premiums will go up, and they won't go up by a little bit; they'll go up by a lot. And then the insurance companies decide, well, we don't want to do business with you. And what they do, if I understand correct, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, they have a shared database between each other where they basically say these people. We won't work with here's it is, and so they all talk to each other. So just keep that in mind that you pay money out, but it's really for catastrophic things that you wanna, you wanna, you wanna come out. But but in the end, answer the question. It's all about shopping around, just like anything. Amazon gives you that ability instantly. There are tools out there for insurance to shop around. Mm -hmm. It's just like your car insurance, shop around
1: and get advice, like you said, because every state also is gonna have different requirements depending on
2: where yeah. you live what yeah. your business is yeah one, one that i didn't bring up here is called workman's comp you have mm-hmm. employees or or even 1099s yep. workman's comp um is a requirement and and you're going to need to get that and that's not an option And every state's rules are different yeah so it's complex owning business is complex it does cost extra money to mm-hmm. do all this and it's as as i as i try to sometimes remember, I get, I get kind of caught up in the, um, it feels like everyone's got their, their hand in your pocket Yep. and, and it's, it's, uh, taxes, insurance, everything. And, and mm-hmm. it's just a part of doing business. You accept it and you move on. Yeah, it's unfortunate.
1: <laughs> I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about Gloss Genius. We have been working with Gloss Genius for about ooh, a little over six months now, and I absolutely love it. We use it for our shadow days, and it's amazing because it's an app made for hairdressers, and everything is catered to our industry, which is really nice because we've used other ones in the past, and it's just a little more generic because um, other systems can be used for like restaurants or retail stores or hairdressers or anyone with their own business, and I love that Gloss Genius is is very dedicated to the stylist and it's very personalized because of that. So it is made for salons and spas. Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon in a stylish and smart way while also feeling supported every step of the way. You guys can actually get a discount code for Gloss Genius if you are interested in signing up. You can use the code Spring. 22 for 50% off your first two months if you are a new user to Gloss Genius. This is a great, great deal. I would recommend trying it out if you haven't already. We will have all of that info in the show notes below, but trust me, Gloss Genius is the best. You can create your own little website people can visit. You can have all of your services inputted, your customers, your clients, um, and everything's just super cute and aesthetically pleasing. Okay, The next question says, what percentage of my hair services should I set aside for taxes?
2: Okay, that's a that's a good question and and you know this is the broad stroke where I don't know your situation exactly um but what I what I can say the younger you are more than likely you're in a lower tax bracket mm-hmm. so so what we can what we know is everyone has to pay federal income tax if you're in the United States yep. you have to more than likely pay state income tax there are some states like Florida um Montana and and I think there are 7 where there's no state income tax. Yep. They'll get you in other ways uh like property tax and other things or higher higher sales tax. Yep. Um then there's something called self-employment tax that when you go file your taxes if you have your own business you're going to have to pay this and it's basically 13.3% And, and that's what the amount is because it's your social security and Medicare and Medicaid and all these other taxes that they do. So, so in essence, I'm going over that because it's, it's a lot of stuff and it's going to be based on your income. And I have no idea what your income is. I, and then you have deductions, write-offs and all that. And then you have kids and then you, there's all these things that come into play. So it's very hard for me to just give this blanket statement. I can say probably as a minimum, all your income, I would say a minimum of 25%. And then I would look at your past year and I would, I would, I would look at that as your guide and go, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to be making more money this year. You may want to bump it up 30%. Keep in mind that we're, we're a nation that we're, that's basically taxed as you go. So there's quarterly income taxes and you as a business owner don't have a choice but you're obligated to pay quarterly income tax to the federal government. At least at our state, we don't have to do that, uh, except for sales tax. Um, And yeah, it's not fun. And there are certain rules, and I would talk to your accountant on how much you have to pay for these quarterly taxes. If you don't pay enough at the end of the year, you can be fined, penalized for not paying. And in fact, Jessica sent me a letter saying... Why am I getting a letter from the IRS? Yeah, and and it was basically that she owed. um, It was like
1: two hundred and forty-six dollars. Yeah, so it wasn't.
2: It wasn't bad, but it was for quarterly. It wasn't. It was for paying not not paying enough with our quarterly taxes. Yeah, and so we go to an accountant, and our accountant said, "Well, this number is probably good." And so both Jesse and I, because we're business owners, we pay the same amount, knowing full well that it could be above or below because it's not easy to dictate what you're going to make. And, and so in essence, she got that letter. My guess is I probably have one on the way too. Yeah. But if you have an accountant, I just forward him yeah. the letter and say, Hey, what's going on? And he says, well, I'm out of town. I'll get back to you, <laughs> Great. I'll get back to you uh, soon enough on that. Yeah. So that but is... But they're
0: not responsible. They're not going to pay for
2: it.
1: Because... No, we would oh, still no. have to. It's oh, more okay. just like, let me dig into it and see what it means. Right.
0: Yeah. Correct. See what has happened. If,
2: if you go if you go through your account, otherwise if you didn't go through accountant and you have to go talk to an accountant you're gonna to have to pay an hourly wage. Right. But part of the process, and depending on an accountant, if if you have a problem, I can just forward it to him and say, you know, get this. And and I've talked about it on the podcast before is I've had, you know, those letters from the IRS yeah. and I just forward it and I go cross my fingers and go, I hope you can fix this. <laughs> and and I would say over over time, you know, you get those every couple of years. And and every time I get those, he's able to work it out. Oh. And and I got one for her business recently and he was able to work it out. So right. it's actually interesting to work with an accountant and, and as a business owner, even if you don't make a lot, start learning.
0: Yeah, well, and I was gonna say, even that two hundred dollars at being a business owner, that's not a lot. No.
1: That's- Better <laughs> than two thousand or two, yeah, you know. Who knows? Be- it could be any.
0: <laughs> two hundred is, you know, yeah not bad. It's true.
2: Yeah. So, so 25%, long-winded answer for taxes, 25% minimum. If you've never done it, 25% is a good starting point. Look at your past year. If you've been a business owner, mm-hmm. uh, you may want to be 30% and look at quarterly taxes. And that is something your next quarterly tax will be due June 15th. Yep. And, um, and it's 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 really a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Michelle loves taxes. Tax time. Okay, so the next question says, "What percentage of my salon profits should I be paying myself versus putting back into the business?" We know a lot about
2: this. (laughs) That's that's a hard one because I don't know anything about your business. I, I, I can say this in general, broad strokes: owning a business and seeing a business from afar, and I have talked about this, are two different things. Businesses have a lot of expenses. It's just like your personal, your personal life in personal life you have utilities you have taxes everything every time you turn around there's something new well businesses times that by four yeah and mm-hmm. it it's just every time you turn around uh it, it it's just insane so there's this concept and i have talked about this that that um it, it takes businesses many years to make money and and i, I believe it five is kind of what mm-hmm. they've said um but but in general with a business you you end up probably especially at the beginning put more back into it suppose you're opening a salon there's maintenance there's there's all these use you, you things and then you hope you hope at the end of the year that you have some money that you can take out and maybe stick in your 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 bank account and I'm I'm I guess I'm 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 going to gear this towards uh salon owners that you know are just individual owners and and you could say that I'm going to put 90% back into the business and I'm going to take 10% out. But like I said, that's going to be on what you have. But just keep in mind opening a business, you've got many years of not turning a profit that you're going to have to put. What's
1: that the money average? Back in. You always say
2: five, five years. is what I've read, but every business is going to be different.
1: Remember Phil Knight in the book? What did he say at the beginning? Shoe oh, Dog?
2: What did he say? I don't remember. It's,
1: it was well over five years where he did not take a penny mm. and was just doing the best he could to survive, putting everything back in.
2: And, and I would say that's been our business to a T where I, I literally Jessica had to work. I had to work Mm -hmm. because all our time, you know, we, I had a day job, Jess really had a day job because she was doing hair and it was, that's just how it was. You, You, you have to work and, and, and hope the business does well. And, and over time, maybe you can take a little. And we're, right now we're just kind of taking just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're not really taking a ton of money out no. because we have to invest it back in the business.
1: And I think we've both seen over the last few years how well that's worked. And it makes me at least more willing to keep doing that because look at what we've been able to grow and build by doing that. And it makes it more worth it, I think.
2: Yeah. And so and so it depends on what type of business you're looking at. So for example, if you're starting up in a salon, let's say you're an individual owner you know, you've got startup costs. You've mm-hmm. got you've got insurance, utilities, and and the list goes on and on. Building and,
1: taxes, yeah, product, and then you're going so to have
2: to fund that out of your pocket um, because basically no bank is going to give you a loan. Just FYI, if you're yeah. expecting to go to a bank, you have no uh, history; they're not going to lend you money, and and it just is what it is. So you're going to have a lot of out of pocket expenses, and you're going to try to do your best. That money that comes in, especially for the first year, two, three, it just goes right back into the business. For sure. Maybe you can treat yourself to a nice meal, um, but that's just, that's life and you're going to be working long, but maybe in the end it will pay off.
1: I will say- Well, two things. I like to compare it a lot to when you're a new stylist, you have to work the long hours, the late nights, the Saturdays, weekends. You know, you have to put that hard work in to build a clientele to then get to a point where you can have a little more freedom. And it's the same way with the business. You have to do the work, put it in, do all the miserable stuff to get to that point. Um, and also, if you kind of look around, you'll probably notice if you know any stylists that own a salon, they are most likely still doing hair, at least for the first little bit, because salons don't make a ton of money. And you have to put that work in, probably still do hair while running your salon, and you might need like retail or, you know, things like that to help it get to the next level. That's why a lot of salons have retail um, like standards. Like when we worked Mm -hmm. at Aveda, their stylists had to hit certain goals for retail every month. And that's probably how they made most of their money as a salon. So just keep in mind that there are so many different facets of it. Ford has a lot to say about this. (laughs) He's fine. Okay. So the next question is how to come up with a salon budget. In the beginning.
2: Well, question, why don't you start off with that, Dust? Oh,
1: wow. Um, So when I started my salon, Michelle just kind of came to me. We've told this story a little bit, but just like, hey, I'm going to work with you on this. And here we kind of came up with a budget and... It's always more than you think it's going to be for sure. But I think that everyone's going to be different in the sense of you know, where you're located, what the cost is for things around you, if you have to do a build out on the place you're looking at, um, if you're doing a loan or if you're doing this out of pocket. But I feel like what Michelle said in one of our last episodes, starting small in the very beginning is the most important thing. We're six years in, so our situation's different. But we started small in the beginning. Our first building was a little house and i don't think either of us went into that thinking we would have what we have now
2: true uh that that is so true it's it's um coming up with a business, uh, a, a business or a budget is very hard uh starting small just as jesse said that that's got to be the way to go and you only spend money on things that you absolutely have to right as you're starting up the startup costs um Writing those off on your taxes, I think there's a, a very small limit on you can on whether you can write it off. And it depends on what type of business entity you have. I don't recall all the the, the nuances of that. That that's something that you could Google. And if you Google this, what I would recommend is irs.gov is your friend. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun read. Um, and I have mentioned this before. There's a lot of people with different opinions on on things, but always going to the source of things. Sometimes they have it so that you can you can gather pretty quickly the information you need or go talk to an accountant or a lawyer on on the probably an accountant would fall in the place of the startup costs and what, what you can write off. Yeah. If I recall right, it was a small amount, like five thousand dollars. Mm, wow. And you had to have an LLC. So it's it's not it's not a big number. Mm-mm. And and the and the government's basically saying, Hey, we're not funding your, your your business. No. You have to do that. Yeah. Um you've got rent and utilities. You're going to have to figure out exactly what those are. You've got insurance. Um, if you have product that you're going to sell, you've got inventory. Um, you've got you've got lots of costs that are going to come up here. Maybe oh, yeah. security comes up in mind as well. Do you have to have cameras and yeah. some sort of security system set up? Yep. Um, but but the costs are big, and you know I, it, it'd be very hard for me to answer this. But yeah. but I would say it's it's better to fund it from. Cash instead of credit card yeah. charges eighteen percent interest hundred percent um and it it depends on what type of business you're owning. Cash is your friend, credit cards aren't because they they can hurt, and if you can't make those payments wow they'll they'll eat you alive, yeah, and so that's probably that's probably all I can say without you know individually talking to someone and going, well, this is what I'd do yeah. Just because
1: it depends on your structure are you going to be a commission salon a booth rent salon are you having retail you know like every business plan is going to be different but I think having a business plan and an idea going into it knowing what your expenses are going to be what your income is going to be you need to have all of that kind of figured out and then talking to a banker or an accountant could be helpful okay the next one says what do I need to get started business wise to open a salon
2: Okay, so I, I, oh, and I've probably talked about this a lot. There's, there's a few things that you have to make sure that you have done. Um, one is you have to set up a business entity that's an LLC, uh, more than likely. And, and, and I've kind of bunched these questions together. So, so we're going to be talking a little more detail about LLCs and, and what a sole proprietor is. Yeah. Um, and then, then, so you're, you're, your business entity is a big part, and you're trying to reduce the li- the liability if someone actually comes out and sues you. You're just trying to reduce your liability, so you have to you have to have a business entity set up. And like I said, we'll we'll dig into that a little bit more in a minute. Um, insurance you got to have the right insurance. Um, insurance is kind of hard because you're going to be talking to an insurance agent who is also a salesman <laughs> for that product yeah. that you're getting questions on. So. It's always probably best to talk to many insurance agents yep. and if you have a family friend or someone that you know that's going to give you real advice go to them because it's really hard especially as a business owner and and you're trying to get business but you know full well that they're salesmen and you just wonder, "Huh, am I being sold something that I really don't need?" Yeah. But in general, you can Google this and kind of get a a pretty good idea of what type of insurance you need. So in essence, depending on what you have, you got workman's comp, general comp, general liability, commercial uh, property insurance. Um, so the list kind of goes on and on and on. And you know, if you sell online, there's insurance for that.
1: And that's the thing is like, everyone's going to need a different type of insurance, a different type of business setup. Like you could start with an LLC and maybe have to switch over to sole proprietor. I had to do that.
2: Well, you kind of mix things there. Um, you said insurance and then LLC.
1: Sorry, I'm saying like every situation, I was blending them together because every situation is going to be different. Like yes. s- you may need a different insurance than someone else will. And you may need to start with an LLC while someone else starts with sole proprietorship. I think it just kind of depends on you, right?
2: Yes. And then your accountant can also help you switch those in if it makes tax sense. Yeah. And, and that happened with you. Mm-hmm. I think with your business, Um your haircutting, your personal
1: haircutting. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hairstyling. Hairstyling
2: business. I don't know where (laughs) I don't know where that came from. And and uh I think you start I I started as an LLC
1: and then our accountant switched me to a sole proprietor a few years later
2: yes um and i think we went through a few iterations of that yes and i think this last thing he wanted to talk about it i don't know if any decisions were made about going back to, to llc to an llc i
1: think so because now i'm doing more payroll because i'm not as oh. much doing hair anymore because yeah, yeah. when i do it's like content basically so yeah. and so yeah like your your situation can evolve over the years and that's normal as your business
2: grows uh definitely um so, so then contracts, contracts is your last, last bit of protection. So a lot of this is um, protection and that's making you a legitimate business yes. owner is first and foremost, you've protected yourself. Again, it's the business entity, LLC. I'll talk about that mm-hmm. insurance and contracts. And a part of our education at Jay-Z is all about those three things. Yep. And we talk about them a lot, probably at nauseum. So
1: and I feel like something I've learned over the last few years, talking to other stylists in education is people usually implement contracts once it's too late and they've already learned the hard way. Yeah. So we try to preach that at the beginning, like it's to protect yourself and the the client, like you're both agreeing to something and it's protecting both of you. Yeah. And that's important with employees, with clients, with everyone.
2: Yeah. Um, Then the next question is basically, what's the difference between an LLC and a sole proprietor and which should I choose? Well, this is a good question. Um, I'm going to go over broad strokes because I don't know your situation. I would say, I would say that uh, a sole proprietor, what I've learned in researching this, most people um, that have their own businesses are sole proprietor. Yeah. And, and basically, I think it was 73% of people have it uh, that way because it's easy to set up. Yeah. But it doesn't provide a stylist. A lot of protection, yeah um, so let's talk about what they are first it's it's when we 're talking an LLC, which is called limited liability corporation, and then a sole proprietor, these are all just business structures that we were just hinting on a minute ago yeah they're basically different ways that you can create your business. creating a sole proprietor is easy, and it's it's for someone probably that maybe creates a blog on a website or or doesn't have a lot of risk associated, meaning with they don't have clients coming in. They're not servicing people or doing business in in some way where the risk of being sued for mm-hmm. not doing something correctly or or anything, or having someone get hurt on your slot is way reduced. Yeah. And so I would say that's what a sole proprietor for. and And in essence, that is also from a, a, a federal and state, and I think states can look at this a little differently. It, it just means that the person and the business are one, according to the government. Yeah, and that means that that when you get taxed, you just include it on your your um, your business money on your personal thing, and there's no separation of a business mm-hmm. entity for government. It. It does make it easier if you wanted to combine your business money with your personal money. You don't have to have two separate checks, mm-hmm. but I still would recommend having them.
1: Is because, it because then if you get sued?
2: Well, if you get sued or even audited by the IRS, and then think about think about the headache if the IRS came in and said, "Yeah, we don't we want to look at your books because they can do that." Yeah, and if especially if your businesses and businesses get audited more than people do if i understand right and and they can come in and say i want to look at the last two years of your business i want you to break it out by personal business and if you don't have separate records think about the work of that so you just have to decide if that's worth it yeah but in general you could combine those commingling of funds yeah um and and that's that's acceptable with a sole proprietor i i would I would recommend if you're if you're in the hair industry, you're you're actually doing work. I would recommend a uh, limited liability corporation, LLC, uh, because that's a separate government's look at you and that entity separately. Mm-hmm. And that means if someone sued your business, they cannot come in and take your personal, li- uh, your personal assets. That's that's the idea behind it. But you have to do it correctly. Because if all of a sudden you commingle funds, that breaks the LLC's um, power. And so that means you have to have your business money separate from your personal money. Because if you got sued, I'm not saying someone's going to sue you, but we do live in a, a country where that just happens constantly, um, that, that it's going to be much easier for you to fight that and not risk your personal assets. Yeah. Um so that that's just one place. Taxes is another where actually if you have an LLC, when you go do your taxes, you actually have to file a separate tax return for that business. We've got many businesses and so we file these taxes. Yeah. And so we've got all these LLCs, but what happens is that profit falls down to us as individuals. Yeah. But they're still filed separately as separate entities. Yeah. And then and then there's regulations, government regulations uh, with LLCs. Um, it, it it just helps having separation of personal and business. Because then
1: someone can't sue you and come after your house, your car, like all your personal assets if you separate them, right? Correct. That's terrifying. Uh,
2: it is. And that's kind of why I've been, you know, I, I believe we're pretty set up pretty good with our business. Yeah. And um, it, it takes a long time to... To learn about it, understand it, and and um, I, you know it, it, it's worth digging into. It's not fun. Yeah, I, I, it is not fun at all. Then you have personal insurance too. You know, it's car. It's do you need umbrella insurance? Um, that would be it's an extension of your car insurance. Mm-hmm. And and you just have to weigh all that. And the younger you are, the more you know, the better off you're going to be the, throughout your whole life. So jump in dig in and no, it's not fun.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so this one says, I made profit off of my business this year. Now what, write-off-wise?
2: Yeah, so we just passed uh, 2021 tax filings. For those who actually finalized their taxes and didn't extend their taxes, yeah. uh, you're now looking at this upcoming year. and And this is where I think, this is where, there are lots of things that you can write off and there are lots of gray areas that that you may want to you can put it down on your taxes but you may want to consider it for example um i you know i think i think this is basically a question on write offs what yeah. can you write off well, one, if you're renting a space, you can write that off. That's easy. If you're marketing, you can write off part of your phone and your phone plan. Yeah. That business, which is great. If you don't have an office at your place of business, you can have a home office. But a, a note on home offices: what I've read is that's that's kind of a red flag for the IRS. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't know why. Huh. Um, but but the the deduction's not huge. After um,
1: COVID, it's like everyone was working at home. I wonder if that's going to change.
2: Well, you can't write off anything unless you have a business. If you're an employee, you can't write off that space. Oh,
1: I guess that's true. And some companies would like give the employee equipment to use at home and stuff. Correct. And you can't write, you can't that, write off. that off. yeah. But
2: if, but if you're a stylist and you don't have a place to do your books and you have a small place at home, you can do that. And there's two different ways you can write off your home business. And I won't jump into the details, mm-hmm. but but everything gets complex. Very complex. Yeah, and um, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up is clothes. Can I write off my clothes? Yeah, I mean, and Jesse, I wish Jessica beats that up. And and, and we get a lot of people saying, "Oh, I write off all my clothes." My accountant says yeah. I can. And at least from what I understand and know is that your clothes, if they're a uniform, maybe they can be written off if you pay had to pay for them and and your boss. And, and like if and- you
1: had to buy scrubs, but then like.
2: That's what I think of as scrubs in a dental office. Yeah,
1: But like for hair, it's like, what if your salon required you to wear all black? Would that count?
2: Um, I I would say if you're 1099 and if if your salon did it, it's worth looking in it and digging out.
1: But it can't be like, I'm just going to buy new clothes and write it off. It has to be. Yeah. But I think a lot of people try to push the limits.
2: Uh, Well, and that's the case. And and I think the IRS basically comes up with it. it has to be necessary and reasonable. Yeah, and if you're out there shopping like Jesse does for clothes, (laughs) neither one of those uh, is necessary. Yeah, exactly. It just it just would not happen. Oh God, that's good. And and so you know those are the things. Um, As a business owner, what I would do is I would go out and look at the IRS and see what they say. Travel and ed and education and using travel, all you're able to write off your hotels, your food, your travel, your airfare. Um, there are rules if you all of a sudden turn it into a vacation. How long can you do that? Yeah. Can you bring your family along? What can be written off? And it gets very complex, and it's not just a simple answer. Unless, of course, you're just going to a class, you fly there, you stay in a hotel the night before you take the class, and you fly out the next morning. That's pretty easy, and you're by yourself. That's pretty easy. Pretty much everything can be written off, including the class. Yeah. And But as soon as you get your family involved, we're going to Orlando here, and you're yep. you're introducing all sorts of complexity.: I know having, we talked
1: about this yesterday, actually,
2: having your family here because we're
1: making it like a family trip taking the kids to Disney World, so it's like we have to make sure our family expenses are separate from business expenses.
2: Yeah, and that gets hard at times, but but we have we have to do that yeah and uh, so I'm going to be a stickler, just saying
1: yeah, sorry, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so, so it, it's hard Google it, go to irs.gov, say I'm a business owner. What can I write off? And they'll have a whole list of things. Mm -hmm. The the list is not really long and it has to be a legitimate business account. You can write off your car, but there are things that, that state that you can't, if you're going to the office, you can't write off that commute. A lot of people say, you know what? I've been doing it for years. My accountant said I can do it. I, I can't control what accountants say because a lot of tax laws are interpretation, yeah. and and then it's it's interpretation on many levels, and and we'll talk about this in a minute on on the next question, um, how interpretation comes in mind. In fact, why don't we go to the next question? Then we'll just talk about interpretation.
1: So this question says opinion on W two versus ten ninety nine when it comes to taxes for stylists.
2: Yeah. So this was. So this is what I believe the question is trying to ask. They, they specifically called out um, taxes. So let me read it again. Opinion on W-2s or 1099s when it comes to taxes for stylists. I think they're saying, more than likely, I'm a salon owner. How should I have my stylists? Should I have them as W-2s employees or as 1099s, which basically means they kind of run their own business? Yeah. And And this is where interpretation to the laws come into play. And When we did this way back in the years, um, what what it was is, and I and I believe that this is still the way that it's done. Except the IRS has tried to simplify it a little, at least as as I was preparing for this. Um, They so so when we were first doing it, I think this was twenty sixteen. How should how should we do it? Should we have them as employees? There are benefits on both sides. Employees, you basically control. Everything you can tell them when they have to work, um, what they do, how they do it, and you have a lot of control. But then all of a sudden, you're having to pay do payroll, you're paying part of their taxes yeah. and all this, but you have more control. If they're 1099s, you basically have very little control, you can't tell them when they work, how they do their job, or anything like that. Yeah, and and when we started, there were I think either there were 22 or 26 different items that the IRS looks at for you as an individual also to look at and decide yeah. which one should you do. We went and talked to our accountant and he goes, it's sixes, yeah. you decide. And I'm like, you're the accountant, yeah, you, you tell, tell us. us. And, and he wouldn't. Yeah. And he goes, you have to decide. So suppose we decide one way, let's say we decide 1099s. Huh. Um, and then the IRS comes in and said, we question this. Yeah. And you know it goes through this big process and they question it. You have to justify why you decided. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to this individual at the IRS that, that goes, no, I don't believe it. Wow. Boom. And, and so it's all this opinion on laws. Yeah. But that's what, that's what the law is, yeah. mostly, is opinions. Granted, these opinions get put in place, and then future decisions get made by these opinions. But it's a very complex question. Yeah, And unless I knew the details, I don't know... If I can answer you, I can talk in broad strokes. What I can say is we do 1099s yeah. at ours for our stylists. Um, some of the things, and I'm going to read this just to make sure I get this right. This is the things that are on irs.gov. Yeah. Um, behave, how, do you, how do you decide? So you've got to classify someone as a 1099 or a W-2. These are the things that the IRS and, and what you as an individual needs to do to decide. Um, one, talk to an accountant. Maybe they can help you. One is behavior. And this is what the IRS says, can you or your business control how, where, when, or what, when uh, your workers carry out their jobs? Uh, Financial, how do you pay for their work? Is it a regular salary or is it based on commissions Um, and relationships? Does your worker receive employee benefits? What have the terms of this relationship been defined as in the contract?
1: Yeah. And from what I understand that what we have done is kind of what you said, how if it's an employee, then you can give them times to be here, rules, things to abide by. Whereas with 1099, we have to ask them what their schedule is. They have to submit it. And then we say, yes, that works for us. We can give them the rules of our place and they just have to agree to follow them knowing they have freedom. So I do feel like our stylists have a lot of freedom in that sense, but we still have rules, but they agreed to them, right?
2: Yeah. So the idea would be to have before you even hire him is to have these rules and they would sign something that yeah. says, I agree to these rules because soon as they become a 1099 and that's what, the way we run our business yes. is 1099. Um, it, it, it gets murky on as, as an employee or a 1099. Yeah. And you just have to be very clear that you really, uh, they, they are their own business and, and, and you would have to have high level things that you require and want from them. And, as far as we can tell you would have to have that set up in front yeah. can you change it in, during the thing yeah you may want to talk to an accountant or yeah. something and, and 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 get their feedback on your personal situation so as with everything um it is very complex mm-hmm. and it just is what it is and and you learn more as you go along we've made mistakes along the way but we've learned and yep. you adjust and that's what Life is all about is adjusting as you go along. 100%. Is that it? Or is that's
1: that it. More? Oh, that's, that's it. it. Well, that was a, I feel like that actually covered a lot of topics. And I feel like if people enjoyed this and there were topics you want to hear more specifics about, we could dive into each of these questions as their own episode. That would,
2: could be interesting.
1: um Do you have anything to leave us with? Any nuggets of wisdom?
2: I follow the markets a lot. And as you all are aware, inflation is a big concern with everybody, costs are going up. Um, we're, we're hoping that the federal government makes certain things like raising interest rates so that we can get this under control. It is a real thing. Um, hang in there. Yeah. And if you've hung in there this far in the podcast, good luck. <laughs> yeah. you, you can hang in with anything. <laughs> That's um, true. We hope we get that cleared out. In essence, uh, run your business, uh, knowing how you would like, you would like a business to treat you if you were a, a, a customer. And, and raising prices too quickly can be harmful to your business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I guess hang in there. We hope it all clears out sooner rather than later. Um, We made it
1: through the last two years. We can make it through anything. Yeah, I I
2: guess that's a very good point. We just have a different set of problems and that's what it is. Business is a different set of problems every time you turn around. That is so true. So true.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure to give money with Michelle follow. We will put his Instagram in the show notes and you can also check out all of the past episodes we have done with him. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: It was great. No problem. Thank you for having me. I love it.
1: Awesome. Kay, We will catch you guys next week. Bye.
2: Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us over here at Just Z. Catch
1: new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.